Welcome to another uh, episode of the Soccer Movie Podcast. I am Dave. And I am Will. And Will, my understanding is you actually have the ability to explain the rules of soccer using nothing but common table condiments. Uh, yes. Yes, I can. Uh, usually ketchup uh, and mustard is my favorite, but I can use anything from salt to pepper, um, even Himalayan salt, depending on the team that we're talking about. Well, all right. Well, what we are going to be talking about today is the... Uh, I, I'm going to call this a classic film. It's Bend It Like Beckham from 2002. I, you know, the reason we're calling it a classic is because it's just such an enjoyable movie. And in many ways, it's a coming of age story with soccer in it as opposed to a straight up soccer movie. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, absolutely. I mean, when you, the, two, the two main characters um, are definitely struggling with that and both struggling with the different aspects of their family um, and the judgmentalness. Um, that uh, happens within that. So yeah, I, I could I could agree with that. Bennett like Beckham stars uh, Parminda Nagra, Kira Knightley, and Jonathan Rhys Myers. Uh, Jonathan Rhys Myers, who you might remember from uh, The Tudors and Dracula, uh, mm-hmm. and Kira Knightley, who is in just about everything. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Kira Knightley is in just about everything. <laughs> Now, uh, one of the reasons this movie, uh, it took us a while to get around to uh, talking about this movie, uh, aside from uh, our schedules just having an issue lining up, but every time I sat down to watch this movie, my three-year-old daughter would immediately run, get her soccer ball, and say, I want to play soccer. Oh, that's fantastic. I think that's sort of the point of the movie. (laughs) I think so. So I think I'm going to be watching this again. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, and definitely uh, watch it with your daughter. It seems like she enjoys it, and uh, maybe she'll become a, a soccer player and get a scholarship and go off and uh, go pro. I would not object to that if that if that were to happen. It would be a fantastic thing. And that's kind of what the characters deal with, is sort of like uh, their family not necessarily being supportive of uh, their soccer career. I think the uh, Karen Knightley's father, Jules, right, her character Jules, her father's pretty supportive of it. You know, and seems uh, to to back her daughter, and uh, but the entire family, you know, the whole culture clash sort of thing, you know, right. sort of uh, Indian Asian family, and uh, dealing with their traditions and dealing with their stuff, and and um, and and this girl trying to break away from that, and also fighting not only the traditions and sort of the uh, stereotypes and and um, um, an ire of her family and community. She's also dealing with the British, you know, ire and community about, you know, women in soccer and, you know, and, and uh, or football, <laughs> yeah, as, it, as, as it is the case here. Um, and that was sort of an interesting um, area to traverse, I think, especially with a film and a coming-of-age story, as you put it. Yeah, because you're also dealing with class uh, as well. Mm-hmm. That's, that's another thing that comes up in this movie. Yeah, well, and that's that's very much a British thing, you know, um, living in the UK for a couple of years. And, you know, as as an outsider, you know, an American living in the UK, that was something I definitely noticed was is that their prejudice, their prejudices, excuse me, their their the prejudice that I tended to notice um, had a little bit more to do with where you grew up, what your accent was um, and, uh, um, and less to do necessarily with race and stuff. But I think around that time, sort of the later nineties, early 2000, there was a, a lot of Asian Indians moving to, to London. And so, um, a lot of that sort of tension, uh, was there, of course, because of what, you know, what Britain did to India, <laughs> you know, so there's always that sort of underlying, underlying theme. And now, uh, the film uh, talks about, uh, I believe they're Sikhs, uh, a Sikh family, 
uh, with a young girl uh, who has a passion for playing soccer or mm -hmm. football, if you insist on it. Uh, and sure. she is obsessed with David Beckham, who at that time was a huge, huge star, still is a huge, huge star. Yeah. Uh, but at that time was probably at uh, one of his many heights of popularity with Manchester United, uh, still a few years away from joining the Los Angeles Galaxy and helping bring mm -hmm. soccer to America. Even though the, uh, the stars of the film and the main characters are uh, Indian, uh, this is not a Bollywood movie. It's uh, really a British movie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because uh, the, the director, and unfortunately, I, you'll have to forgive me, I'm not going to pronounce her name correctly, Gruinder uh, Ch Chada. Chada, yeah. So forgive, forgive me there, uh, <laughs> Gruinder Chada, for mispronouncing your name. You did a good job with the film. Um, I'm doing a poor job pronouncing your name. Um, but she had had a history in the BBC. She started as a journalist, uh, and she did a lot of documentaries for the BBC. Um, and then she started in, and I think this was her first feature film, uh, narrative feature, um, if I'm not mistaken. She might have done a few things before then. And so it seemed to be like in a very enjoyable sort of thing. She definitely started her production company, I think, with this film. She was quoted in, in saying, or at least talking about sort of this sort of um, bicultural person where, um, and people didn't quite understand where she had her family culture and sort of the Asian Indian culture. And then she sort of had sort of like this UK sort of aspect of herself. So she was dealing with this duality um, of that. And that's definitely shown in this film, especially with our main character, Jess, where she is dealing with just, just that, you know, where she's, she's grown up in, in the UK and for all you know, intents and purposes, you know, she's British, but the family and the community still sort of separate themselves um, from being British. And that makes it even harder when she wants to follow her dream, you know, being, you know, wanting to be a soccer player, you know, which is really nicely shown in the beginning where you have Beckham running around and you have some of that footage and then they put her in there. Uh, yeah, I think they forced gumped her digitally into the footage, you know? And so it was, it was a really good way to show, you know, it was very precise, you know, this is what she wants. This is her dream, you know, and, you know, and the idea that she's, she's as good as Beckham is really kind of what they were, what it seemed that they were suggesting throughout the film is that she has a real shot to be just as good as any, any guy, you know, in, in, in soccer. And, and that was a nice message as well. And it wasn't too heavy handed. Sometimes you watch films that have a message and you're sitting there like, God, I get it. I get it. You know, like you could you could just tell the story now. But they did a very good job just telling the story and making sure that their themes and their messages got across, I think, in a, in a, in a, in a powerful way, as a matter of fact. Yeah, and the uh, the director did come into a little bit of of uh, pushback, particularly from the American distributors, uh, mm -hmm. Century Fox, who wanted to rename the movie for American audiences, "Move It Like Maya," in reference to Maya Ham, who was uh, a huge U.S. women's football star, a soccer star who uh, had just won a uh, World Cup. Uh, for the United States, but Arunda Shada said absolutely not, and it was released under its uh, British title, Bend It Like Beckham. Which is appropriate because if you, if you, it would not have worked because the title wouldn't have made sense and you would have had people who were fans of that particular player going and, and wanting to see references about that player, and of course it's not in the film. They talk about Beckham. That, Beckham's all wrapped in a room. Yeah, there's only one. Uh, there's only one reference to Maya Ham in the movie too, actually, because uh, uh, mm -hmm. Kira Knightley's character has a poster of Maya Ham up in her room, and in the uh, compilation video clips that you see of the WUSA, you see Maya Ham playing. Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like.
like when they advertised uh, Anthony Hopkins in Amistad. You're, you're thinking he's like in the whole film, but he was like in there like 12 minutes. <laughs> you know? and, uh, speaking of the WUSA, which is the league that Kira Knightley's character dreams of playing in, mm-hmm. uh, that league went belly up seven weeks after the movie was released in the United States. Oh, God. Well, at least it didn't go belly up before. True, yeah. Uh, now, the uh, there, there's a wonderful podcast I'm going to give a shout-out here called Backpass that ESPN produced that talks all about the WUSA. Mm. And uh, there are many naysayers who say that the reason the WUSA went belly-up is because people just don't like women's soccer or people just don't like soccer. Uh, that really wasn't mm-hmm. true. It, the league was very um, mismanaged by many of the investors who... Uh, felt that they weren't making enough money fast enough. And that's really why the WUSA suspended operations. But thankfully, now we have uh, a fairly strong league uh, for women's soccer in the NWSL. Excuse me, the NWSL. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like people are. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't understand why people wouldn't want to watch um, female soccer or football. Yeah, you know, in America, we'll, we'll get into this in, in other documentaries and other movies that, that deal with soccer, but in America, sure. the aversion seems to be more about the sport itself as opposed to who's playing the sport. Yeah. Um, and which is, which is really unfortunate uh, because soccer is such a wonderful game it's such a wonderful sport and it is growing in popularity and movies like bend it like beckham help aid in that popularity because you learn about uh, soccer is is a cultural sport it's a national sport it's a personal sport mm-hmm. um and you know that in in many regards that's why it's it's so popular around the world and is uh, so for so many americans who who understand that if you will uh they feel mm-hmm. so passionate about it in a lot of other sports, it's very easy to be kind of passive. But when you find a, a soccer team, it that becomes almost part of your family. Yeah, I could, I could, I could see that. And let me ask a question because this this film talked a lot about sort of cross culture, sort of ideas and 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 things like that. And there were some really nice moments um, where they were discussing that. Um, would you say sort of like in the United States specifically, because around the world, everybody you know everybody watches soccer. That's it's, it's a huge sport. Um, for some reason, it's, it's taken longer here in the United States to sort of gain traction, I suppose, or acceptance, um, for lack of a better term. Um, and uh, would you say that it's sort of paralleled in this film, where if everybody just sat down and had a good discussion, um, maybe things would sort of be smoothed out a little bit? And it's sort of the same thing, where the communication of the sport, getting people interested in soccer and, and the way it's presented um, is part of the problem or the way it has been presented in the past is part of the problem getting people into it. And so a movie like this helps that discussion and is sort of talking about that. And then they may not have done that directly. Like there are a lot of themes in the film and they may not be talking about that, but that's just, a, that's just something I'm sort of asking, I guess, is, uh, um, is, is that something that could aid in the acceptance of uh, this sport in the United States, more films like Bend It Like Beckham, that are that are movies really about people that have soccer in it. Um, yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, I, I definitely don't think it could hurt. You know, there there's some great movies uh, about soccer that I think a lot of Americans would really, really enjoy, and a lot of those movies are going to be movies that we're going to be talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think of Goal. Um, I think of Looking for Eric. Uh, mm-hmm. I think of the Damned United. 
but yeah. one of the things, one of the big reasons, and I get asked this all the time, and I think this is one of the things that you were alluding to, is why isn't soccer more popular in the United States? Yes. And one of the big, big reasons is that uh, soccer has had several golden ages, and its first golden age happened in, in England and in Central Europe. And at that time, in that first golden age, we, we in the United States, we had Babe Ruth, we had Lou Gehrig, we had Ty Cobb. So baseball became America's cultural center. Soccer at that same time was really, really popular because you know, there was the American Soccer League. But then something happened, World War I. And then a few years later uh, was the Great Depression and then World War II. Who was our big enemy in both of those wars? The Germans. And what did the Germans do? They played soccer really well. And oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. In a lot of regards, that, that American xenophobia played into it. And at that same time with the Great Depression, uh, a lot of owners of soccer teams also owned baseball teams because they needed something to do with their stadium in the winter. And they were like, well, you know what? I'm making enough money by, you know, with, with Babe Ruth coming to town or with uh, Joe DiMaggio coming to town. I don't need to field this team in the winter. I might as well save my money. See, that's, that's it's interesting perspective. Um, now, now, you mentioned sort of like American xenophobia. Um, that may have come, you know, in, in play here and there. But would you say that because you mentioned like the German team, right? Would you say that uh, maybe not necessarily xenophobia, but in terms of like just us versus them? They're the enemy, so we're not going to play their game, sort of uh, thing. It, could it, could that have been a factor in it as well? Uh, it was a factor, but a bigger factor was um, if I'm not great at it, I'm not going to do it. And, and a lot of people are guilty of that, yeah. And a lot of people are guilty of that. But so, like, you know, we have. You know, I play baseball better than I play soccer. I play American football better than I play soccer. I play basketball better than I play soccer. So why would I bother with these skills when I have those? Um, and one more okay. important thing, and this is and this is an American cultural thing as uh, versus a European thing with sports, and that is uh, sporting culture in Europe for the most part is more bottom up. It's more community up to the pros. Mm. In America, it's more trickle down from the top where yeah. you know, the New York Yankees, the popularity of the New York Yankees can trickle down to the youth leagues below it. Whereas in Europe, you know, we have the small, every single neighborhood of every single town has either a professional, semi-pro or amateur soccer team. And there are communities in the United States, like here in the Pacific Northwest, there are communities like that. But here, it's more either the pros or college. And that's what yeah. turns down to the youth leagues. Um, um, because college is also so so profitable. Right. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, that makes sense. And college that, that soccer really hasn't been that popular um, Mm. which is unfortunate, uh, certainly not as popular as college basketball and college football. Well, that's true. And, 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 and in Colorado, uh, I think it was maybe five years ago, maybe more, um, that the professional lacrosse team actually started getting some attention. 
and was getting some some and this is just locally in Colorado, but they were getting play on TV and, and people were talking about them and they were gaining popularity and making a little bit of money um, and making some splashes. And I had never heard of that in yeah. anywhere else. So it's it's interesting, sort of a it's not really a fringe sport, but just not quite as popular as some of the bigger sports. So so yeah, so so it's interesting. So yeah, so a film like this definitely can aid um, in 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 that. Like as you said, your daughter. Um, when you're watching Ben like Beckham, she goes and gets her soccer ball, you know, and then, you know, you guys can go kick it around and stuff. It's, I think it's quite cool that even a girl that, that, that young is getting inspired, uh, inspired by this film. And it really shows the power of, of a good story, you know, where, you know, cause I, but it made soccer look so awesome. I, you know, I mean, you saw the ball moving around and the, the mm-hmm. feet moving over the ball and, and everything. And just, uh, uh, you know, it really, it, it's almost as if they put a camera in people's shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I noticed that as well, like, you know, uh, from watching the, uh, the earlier two films, right, and, and gaining a little bit of knowledge of some of some soccer and stuff like that, um, it was interesting to watch it, watch um, uh, the girls run around and play, because it also was something where it wasn't, I wasn't getting bogged down as, as some a layman in, in the sport. I wasn't getting bogged down in, like, Rules and flags and certain things where I'm like, I have no idea what the heck is going on, which happened a couple times in that um, that Dutch film, Dutch, right? It was a Dutch film, Danish, Danish, Danish film, and uh, um, which was a fantastic movie, right? I really enjoyed that film. I really enjoyed the film. This one, I didn't have that same sort of issue where I could go, hey, that's soccer and it looks good, you know, you know, just sort of at a very basic level, um, and. Uh, um, and I was very interested in what was happening with relationships and, and, and Jess's story and Jewel's story, you know, and, and Joe as well. I was a little less interested in Joe. I think, I think, I think Jonathan Reyes Myers is a, is a good actor. Um, I felt like he had the same facial expression in the entire movie. <laughs> You know, just this particular film. Like, I don't know, maybe he had, you know, I know he was sort of frustrated, sort of an angry, like, that was sort of his arc. You know what I mean? That he was sort of frustrated about his injury and frustrated about how his father sort of was rejecting, you know, sort of in his own mind, rejecting that and that type of stuff. Right. So, but every time they they had a shot of him, he just looked like he was pissed off. (laughs) So, and so for, for me, that was a little, that was a little tough, but he still did a really good job. He was a good sort of juxtaposition where she's really bright, like Jess is bright and, and and frustrated and struggling right but where it's like he is where she could be if she if she runs away from uh what her dream is you know um and he kind of realizes that uh he realizes that her father realizes that um, and there's that nice moment where they where they come together, which I actually thought was kind of brave because if you're talking about sort of Asian Indian culture and and uh, you know Sheik and all that sort of stuff, um, the fact that they kissed, you know, that was uh, that was probably a, a fairly big deal, you know, in terms of like um, in 2000, um, in terms of like uh, places like India and stuff like that. I wonder what the reception uh, would have been um, in India for that film and in that type of moment. Well, um, the Times of India uh, did say this in its review. Uh, it is really about bending the rules, social paradigms, and lives, and to finally curl that ball, bending it like Beckham, through the goalpost of ambition. The creeping divide shows that Britain is changing and hasn't changed yet. 
The stiff upper lip has traveled miles from the time Chada's father was denied a pint in some in some pubs at South Hall, but like dollops of coagulated spice in badly stirred curry, discrimination crops up to spoil the taste every now and then in multiracial Britain. Yeah, and I, that's I think that's very accurate, you know, because that's when the, that's actually around the time that I was living there um, mm. in the UK was uh, uh, from '94 uh, to about 2002 um, is when I had a flat there, and and I would say I, I would say that's correct. They were they were struggling with that the, those aspects and everything, and um, I did think that was quite interesting that the father was like, you know, he was. Where she gets her soccer skills, you know, is is arguably from her father, right? Because he has that discussion about, you know, he he could have gone pro, and they wouldn't even let him play because because he was he was Indian, and you know, and and she's able to break through. So she breaks through that, you know, um, and it's a nice moment when he goes and watches one of her games and realizes, crap, she's good, mm-hmm. she's got a real chance, and and that decision that he makes. Um, where at the at her sister's wedding, where where um, he's like you you're frowning the whole time, you're not you're here at your sister's wedding and you look at you're at a funeral, you know he's like go and go to the game and come back happy, which is such a nice moment, you know what I mean? It's it's a very honest like I want my daughter to be happy, yeah. I want what's best for her, you know, and and so does the mother, but she's bogged down in whatever she's bogged down in her own sort of prejudices, if you will. Um, and same with uh, uh, Jules's mother, right? She gets worried that they're lesbians at one point. You know what I mean? And and you know, and there's that nice moment where where she's all upset. And she finds out that they're not, right? And then she's like, "And would that even be a problem if I were?" No, of course not. You know, that's not a problem. You know, because it's like it seems, and I'm you know I'm projecting, I guess, a little bit, you know, in here. But it's almost just like she's like, "Well, thank God I have a chance to have grandkids." You know, and you know, it's just kind of like how the mother seemed to play it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Was like, and that's kind of like, you know, so it was like, she wasn't like a hateful person. You know what I mean? She wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like anything like that where she was like, you know, um, like a bigot or anything. It's just, again, you had two mothers who wanted something specific for their daughters and weren't quite looking at what their daughters wanted opposed to what they wanted their daughters to look like to the world, what they had. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, um, and that just seems like that's, that's just a theme for everybody. You know, like you know, just letting people be who they are, just letting humans be humans um, and and finding their passion um, and what our expectations are for other people um, usually will always uh, be disappointed. <laughs> and how do you deal with that and accept it? There, there is that saying, we care more about what people think of ourselves as opposed to what we think of ourselves. Oh yeah, yeah. We're our worst critics and all of that sort of stuff, and and yeah, no, absolutely. And, and this film touched on that, I think, I think quite well. And and uh, yeah, I just keep going back to the image of your daughter, like hey, getting the soccer ball and coming out and you kicking it around with her. Outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's so cool. Yeah, that's what a film should do. You know what I mean? That's what a film should do. It should inspire someone, make them think. You know, and and uh, I, I think that's quite cool. And I think this film does it uh, very well. It's a great movie. It's a cute movie, you know, if you will, because um, it has that sort of you know nice feel. And uh, I like the fact that they focused 
They focused on their dreams and didn't become like a rom-com with soccer in it. You know what I mean? Like that was much more of a secondary sort of thing, even a third sort of like thing. Um, and it really was about sort of Jess and Jules and, and, and overcoming the stringent, the, um, the obstacles, you know, um, yeah, that are in their way to bend it like Beckham, as they say. Yeah. Now, the film was made for $6 million. Uh, I'm sure at least a million of that went to David Beckham's cameo. And, Probably. <laughs> and it earned $76.5 million globally, making it, the uh, at the time, the highest-grossing soccer movie of all time, but it is now third to Kicking and Screaming and She's the Man. Okay. Yeah, and of course, Kicking like kicking and Screaming stars uh, Will Ferrell, who is now the owner of the Los Angeles Football Club in Major League Soccer. Oh, yeah, and I've seen Kicking and Screaming. <laughs> well, we'll be talking about that in, a, in, in another episode. Yes, I won't go into that now. The film has 85% on Rotten Tomatoes and is the first Western movie to be shown in North Korea. Oh, I could see that. That's very unoffensive for north korea <laughs> and it's not a, it's not an american film so yeah there's that too uh yeah. the film, um the film won a number of awards but one of the awards that it won um over some notable uh soccer stars of the time was fifa's international football personality of the year award which went to the film star parmanda nagra yeah, the, uh, who played the character Jess. Who played Jess. Yeah. yeah. She, uh, the Football Personality of the Year Award at, for FIFA. Oh, well, that's really, that's, that's quite cool. Um, I, could, I could see that, you know, again, I, I'm not wrapped up in that. I have no idea the politics of that award, but um, I, could, I could see that she had a great personality. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the film quite a bit, and it was a lot of fun to watch. And as I said, it, it spoke to its themes quite well without a heavy-handed I didn't feel like I was being preached at the whole time. That drives me nuts in movies, personally. Just, mm. you know, because I really, truly believe that you can get your point across without, without yelling in someone's face, beating them over the head with your ideas. Um, and uh, I, I just really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we watched it. Yeah, I give this film a golazo. A golazo, okay. Yeah. And that, yeah. That's basically soccer speak for a great goal. Okay. Yeah, well, I would, I would agree. I would agree on that one. This one, this one's a lot of fun, and I would, uh, you know, um, uh, as you ask, I would definitely suggest this as a soccer film and a regular film um, uh, to watch. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a good, fun movie. Uh, it is available uh, on various streaming services. I believe it's, uh, as of this recording, it is on Showtime. Uh, it is Stars. Also, oh, it's on Stars. Okay, it's on Stars. It's on Stars yeah, as of this recording. And it is also available for purchase and rent on iTunes, on Amazon, and wherever fine films are sold. That is, that is right. And, and in the spirit of uh, women's soccer, uh, if you live in an area where there is an NWSL team, uh, go support it. Go buy tickets, buy jerseys. Uh, the NWSL, uh, it's been around for about five or six years at this point. And, uh, you know, the more people who can uh, enjoy their, those games, either in person or on television, the NWSL just signed a deal to get its, uh, their game, those games on ESPN. Uh, make sure you watch it. And, you know, even if you're not in a market where there's an NWSL team, whatever the closest one is, 
uh, get over there and, and you know, just uh, uh, support it until you can get a team in your town. Yeah, and that's a, that's a good way to support uh, those things is, you know, pretty much the only way, you know, go onto social media, you know, follow, follow players, you know, follow the teams that you want. And as I'm just reiterating what Dave said, go buy some jerseys, some tickets, go to some games, yeah. take your friends. And if they don't like soccer, force them. Just kidding. <laughs> don't, don't violently make people go to soccer games. No, don't violently. <laughs> but you know what? A quick little anecdote. I went to a soccer game with my, with my father-in-law. Yeah. Uh, he had never seen a soccer game. Uh, the only uh, way that he knew about soccer is that he knew that I liked it. Uh, and I explained the rules to him before the game. And by the, before the end of the first half, he was a soccer fan. Case in point, you know, follow follow Dave's example here, and uh, and uh, 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 go get someone to uh, go go turn them around, get them onto the soccer train. All right. Well, we will see you on another episode. Thanks so much for hanging out with us again. I'm Dave, and I am Will, and we'll talk to you about some soccer movies again soon.